Section 79 of Little Pictorial Lives of the Saints, Volume 1, January through March. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Little Pictorial Lives of the Saints, Volume 1, January through March, by John Gilmary Shea. March 17th, St. Patrick, Bishop, Apostle of Ireland. If the virtue of children reflects an honor on their parents, much more justly is the name of St. Patrick rendered illustrious by the innumerable lights of sanctity with which the Church of Ireland shone during many ages, and by the colonies of saints with which it peopled many foreign countries, for under God its inhabitants derived from their glorious apostle the streams of that eminent sanctity by which they were long conspicuous to the world st patrick was born towards the close of the fourth century in a village called bonavin tubernai which seems to be the town of kilpatrick on the mouth of the river clyde in scotland between dumbarton and glasgow he calls himself both a briton and a roman or of a mixed extraction and says his father was of a good family named calphurnius and a denizen of a neighboring city of the romans who not long after abandoned britain in 409 some writers call his mother concessa and say she was niece to saint martin of tours in his sixteenth year he was carried into captivity by certain barbarians who took him into ireland where he was obliged to keep cattle on the mountains and in the forests in hunger and nakedness amidst snow rain and ice whilst he lived in this suffering condition god had pity on his soul and quickened him to a sense of his duty by the impulse of a strong interior grace the young man had recourse to him with his whole heart in fervent prayer and fasting and from that time faith and the love of god acquired continually new strength in his tender soul after six months spent in slavery under the same master st patrick was admonished by god in a dream to return to his own country in the form that a ship was then ready to sail thither he went at once to the sea-coast though at a great distance and found the vessel but could not obtain his passage probably for want of money the saint returned towards his hut praying as he went but the sailors though pagans called him back and took him on board after three days sail they made land but wandered twenty-seven days through deserts and were a long while distressed for want of provisions finding nothing to eat patrick had often spoken to the company on the infinite power of god they therefore asked him why he did not pray for relief animated by a strong faith he assured them that if they would address themselves with their whole hearts to the true god he would hear and succour them they did so and on the same day met with a herd of swine from that time provisions never failed them till on the twenty-seventh day they came into a country that was cultivated and inhabited some years afterwards he was again led captive but recovered his liberty after two months when he was at home with his parents god manifested to him by divers visions that he destined him to the great work of the conversion of ireland the writers of his life say that after his second captivity he travelled into gaul and italy and saw st martin st germanus of Auxerre, and pope celestine in that he received his mission and the apostolical benediction from this pope 
who died in 432. It is certain that he spent many years in preparing himself for his sacred calling. Great opposition was made against his episcopal consecration and mission, both by his own relatives and by the clergy. These made him great offers in order to detain him among them, and endeavored to affright him by exaggerating the dangers to which he exposed himself amidst the enemies of the Romans and Britons, who did not know God. All these temptations threw the saint into great perplexities, but the Lord, whose will he consulted by earnest prayer, supported him, and he persevered in his resolution. He forsook his family, sold his birthright and dignity, to serve strangers, and consecrated his soul to God to carry his name to the ends of the earth. In this disposition he passed into Ireland to preach the gospel, where the worship of idols still generally reigned. He devoted himself entirely to the salvation of these barbarians. He traveled over the whole island, penetrating into the remotest corners, and such was the fruit of his preachings and sufferings that he baptized an infinite number of people. He ordained everywhere clergymen, induced women to live in holy widowhood, continence, consecrated virgins to Christ, and instituted monks. He took nothing from the many thousands whom he baptized, and often gave back the little presents which some laid on the altar, choosing rather to mortify the fervent than to scandalize the weak or the infidels. He gave freely of his own, however, both to pagans and Christians, distributed large alms to the poor in the provinces where he passed, made presents to the kings, judging that necessary for the progress of the gospel, and maintained and educated many children, whom he trained up to serve at the altar. The happy success of his labors cost him many persecutions. A certain prince, named Korotik, a Christian in name only, disturbed the peace of his flock. This tyrant, having made a descent into Ireland, plundered the country where St. Patrick had been just conferring confirmation on a great number of neophytes, who were yet in their white garments after baptism. Karatik massacred many and carried away others, whom he sold to the infidel Picts or Scots. The next day the saint sent the barbarian a letter entreating him to restore the Christian captives, and at least part of the booty he had taken, that the poor people might not perish for want. But he was only answered by railleries. The saint therefore wrote with his own hand a letter. In it he styles himself a sinner and an ignorant man. He declares nevertheless that he is established Bishop of Ireland, and pronounces Koratik and the other parasites and accomplices separated from him and from Jesus Christ, whose place he holds, forbidding any to eat with them or to receive their alms, till they should have satisfied God by the tears of sincere penance, and restored the servants of Jesus Christ to their liberty. This letter expresses his most tender love for his flock, and his grief for those who had been slain, yet mingled with joy because they reign with the prophets, apostles, and martyrs. Jocelyn assures us that Keretic was overtaken by the divine vengeance. St. Patrick held several councils to settle the discipline of the church which he had planted. St. Bernard and the tradition of the country testify that St. Patrick fixed his metropolitan see at Armagh. He established some other bishops, as appears by his council and other monuments. 
he not only converted the whole country by his preaching and wonderful miracles but also cultivated this vineyard with so fruitful a benediction and increase from heaven as to render ireland a most flourishing garden in the church of god and a country of saints many particulars are related of the labors of st patrick which we pass over in the first year of his mission he attempted to preach christ in the general assembly of the kings and states of all ireland held yearly at tara the residence of the chief king styled the monarch of the whole island and the principal seat of the druids or priests in their paganish rites the son of neil the chief monarch declared himself against the preacher however patrick converted several and on his road to that place the father of st benignus his immediate successor in the see of Armagh, he afterwards converted and baptized the kings of dublin and munster and the seven sons of the king of connaught with the greatest part of their subjects and before his death almost the whole island he founded a monastery at Armagh, another called Domnach Padrig or Patrick's Church, also a third named Sabal Padrig, and filled the country with churches and schools of piety and learning, the reputation of which for the three succeeding centuries drew many foreigners into Ireland. He died and was buried at Down in Ulster. His body was found there in a church of his name in 1185 and translated to another part of the same church ireland is the nursery whence st patrick sent forth his missionaries and teachers glastonbury and lindisfarne ripon and malmesbury bear testimony to the labours of irish priests and bishops for the conversion of england iona is to this day the most venerated spot in scotland caliban fiacar gaul and many others evangelized the rough places of france and switzerland america and australia in modern times owe their christianity to the faith and zeal of the sons and daughters of st patrick reflection by the instrumentality of st patrick the faith is now as fresh in ireland even in this cold nineteenth century as when it was first planted ask him to obtain for you the special grace of his parents to prefer the loss of every earthly good to the least compromise in matters of faith End of section 79